This is the first time. Chirp Radio's live storytelling and music series recorded at Martyrs in Chicago's North Center neighborhood. Here's your host, Jen Sodini. Our last reader, Tamale Sepp. You can follow her at Tamale Rocks. She's performing at the Whip Theater tomorrow. And she is also the runner-up. She was the runner-up for Best Chicago Stand-Up Comic for the reader, which is like runner-up, but it's Chicago. So there's like genius comics. So that's awesome. She's a regular at the Laugh Factory in Zanies. Closing it out to Molly Seth. No pressure. No pressure. Give it up to your, uh, for your host tonight, you guys. Jen's crushing it. Doing such a great job. What a phenomenal night. Oh, oh, I've just been having the best time. What a, what a phenomenal night. Oh. The stark cherry red plastic of the Nokia phone shone boldly against the white porcelain of the bottom of the toilet bowl. Oh. The water swirled and I plunged my hand into it in a reflective attempt to salvage my lifeline in the big city. The only connection I had to home and possible employment opportunities in an unfamiliar place. I had failed like an idiot. I had carelessly wedged my phone in the back pocket and now I stood, pants half pulled up, hand fully drenched in piss water, holding a phone that no longer worked. The tears came as they had done with regularity over the last two months and I shakily self-soothed with the mantra that I had created for myself. Go ahead, go ahead, you can cry. You can feel any way you want as long as you're feeling it in Chicago. Oh, the glamor of following one's dreams. Fresh out of college, I had moved to Chicago from Arizona to do comedy. I, I had visited two years earlier to attend the Chicago Improv Festival and had an encounter that cemented my resolve to move to the Windy City. I had been inspired by what I had seen at the festival and had boldly approached the head of one of the main comedy theaters in town. I was direct and outwardly confident marching right up to her and proclaiming my plans to move here upon graduation. She responded with what I now understand was probably a canned response, but at the time, it was a solemn promise <laughs> between members of a comedy family. That sounds great, yeah. yeah. You get here and we'll get you in some classes. Yeah, it will hook you right up. It might as well have been a blood bonding ceremony. <laughs> Sliced hands, wrapped palm to palm, contrasting tartan colors, cementing an unbreakable vow. I will get here. I shall seek your expert tutelage. I will not fail. Cue the clinking of my chainmail armor. I was on a mission. Following a tough transition from homeschooling to public high school. Uh, I had pursued agricultural education and was looking forward to leading the youth of America through their local FFA and 4-H chapters. The dedication I had once focused on saving myself from marriage and abstaining from drug and alcohol use 
was now channeled into flinging myself violently into the white-hot future I just knew was awaiting me. The improv festival shifted everything. I was ditching champions grand and adopting yes and. And I moved to Chicago with a black plastic garbage bag full of clothes and a laptop. I was crashing on couches. I was working in a beer garden for cash and selling gifted day-old bakery items from a coffee shop to 2 a.m. bar goers for a buck a pop. I was hustling my ass off waiting for one of the dozens of job applications I had submitted to call me back on my phone. My beautiful, vibrant, soggy phone. I needed to work smarter, not harder. I knew, I just knew that if I could talk to her, this woman of comedy, she would remember me, be moved by my plight, and hook me up with an internship so I could finally get into a class. She had a team of people to keep people like me, bright-eyed, hungry, and supremely annoying, away. That was fine, I understood. I would go through the regular channels, follow the common path. We had an agreement. This was all just a formality, but I was willing to play along. The bartender had given me an internship application, and after I made him laugh, placed a little star in the upper right-hand corner. A star. It was a sign. I used black ink to carefully fill it out in the cleanest penmanship possible. No mistakes. None. This handwriting was a reflection of what I would be bringing to my internship, a level of excellence worthy of the opportunity presented. I handed my anointed application to the internship coordinator, bursting with optimism. He flicked the star at the tops of the corner and nodded. Then he asked, uh, what level are you currently in? I beamed. The first one. I need this internship to take classes. He shrugged and said, oh, uh, we'll come back when you're uh, done with uh, level one. You have to pay for your first one. And tore the paper into two halves. I know. <laughs> Before carelessly flipping them into the garbage at his feet. I was frozen in place. Cheeks hot with disappointment and frustration. Then came the tears. I choked out a rushed, okay, great, I'll see you soon, as I fled. The walk back to the apartment I was staying at was a charged one. It was warm and dark out, so I just let it wash over me. The rapid cycling, rage, desperation, and disappointment. Each time the rage hit, the tears would just stream. Damn it, I just need to talk to her. If I could just connect directly, all of this confusion would be resolved and I could get into a class already. I quieted myself. Go ahead, go ahead. You can be disappointed. You can feel any way you want, as long as you're feeling it in Chicago. The apartment I was lucky enough to stay in was a garden level studio. Oh, 300 square feet of blissful squalor. A friend from Arizona had moved to Chicago a few months before me and had very generously allowed me to stay for as long as I needed. He was actively engaged in his own hustle and was hardly ever home. When he did return to sleep, he usually did so with a handmade white hen sandwich just for me. <sighs> I know. That was my primary source of nourishment, save a well-intentioned handful of vitamins I once took on an empty stomach. Some mistakes you make once. <sighs> 
outside of any day-old carbs, those sandwiches were all that I had and I rationed them dutifully, leaving them only fleetingly in the filthy fridge. His apartment had fallen into total disrepair thanks to the diligent apathy of the landlord and the ancient plumbing of the old building. Located just down the narrow hall from the laundry room, it smelled like fresh laundry and dank, moldy carpet, which comforted me every time I entered. I flipped the light on as I pushed in the door and I watched the handful of ever-present roaches do their terrified dash for cover. Uh, We didn't even bother trying to kill them anymore. We just gave them a little extra time to get out of our path. They'd skitter around and then into or under some trash that had been left out. I had tried keeping the place as tidy as possible as a thank you, but soon surrendered the battle as the tiny space filled quickly with old carryout containers and assorted refuse. I needed a shower to carry away the sting of temporary defeat. I undressed, stuffing my clothes into one of the tightly knotted black plastic garbage bags that kept my laundry roach-free. And then once naked, I took time double-knotting the white grocery bags around my muscular calves, and I crinkled into the tiny bathroom. (laughs) At some point, the drain in the bathtub had clogged, and the standing water that had accumulated since the submission of the initial maintenance request had grown murky and deep. It was ice cold as I eased my way into it, feeling the crunching of waterlogged roaches. Beneath my feet. Thank God for grocery bags. The hot water felt good on my body and my optimism began to swell once more. As I lathered, I kept a watchful eye on the seven weary roaches clinging to the tub at the quivering waterline. Yesterday, there had been eight. It could be worse. I stepped out of the shower and washed my feet in the sink as I brushed my teeth. I needed a plan. I had to speak to her directly. Something bold and effective, but not, like, invasive and creepy. My eyes surveyed the gentle descent of red streaks crawling down each of the bathroom walls, starting at the ceiling. The constant humidity would build to a tipping point during a shower, and what I assumed was lead-based, lead leached from the paint, would then streak down like dramatic stigmata. (laughs) Patient and steady. I knew what I would do. The next night, I walked to the theater, and I was playing my CD of encouraging songs, pretty scratched up from constant play. I confidently marched to the beat of Whitesnake, bolstered my courage to Tori Amos. Of course I did. (sighs) And was energized by the tunes of Creed. Don't judge. (laughs) Oh, burn. (laughs) My broke ass slipped through the back of the theater. Blending in with the other improvisers who had been warming up, I knew she would be there for this particular show. I chose a seat near the door, ensuring that I would notice her entrance and any attempt at a low-key departure. Just as the show began, she entered the theater, and I practiced my speech over and over and over in my head. When the show ended, I kept tabs on her in the crowd, and when there were only just a few people left, 
I slipped behind a curtain near the door and I hid until I saw her pass and then silently slipped out behind her. I feigned surprise. Oh, hi! She turned, understandably startled at the crazed dream junkie, clearly wanting something from her. Her team had failed. <laughs> she offered a polite, oh, hey, and just kept going. It's me, uh, Tamale, from, you know, the improv festival two years ago. She tilted her head and uh, nodded with a blank stare. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I remember you. Uh, have a great night and turn to leave. <laughs> I ran with it and I followed. It was now or never. Well, you told me that uh, when I moved to Chicago that I could like, take classes here and that you would hook me up and ta-da, here I am. Exasperated, she started up the stairs. I have a lot to do right now. And I was desperate. I just, great, this will only take a second. She paused and looked at me, my persistent, hopeful face beaming. Like a, I felt like a shelter dog on death row. Pick me! <laughs> she rolled her eyes and sighed. Fine, follow me. As she ascended, I was in. This was the chance I needed. This was the moment that my dreams came true. This was it. I was on our heels, talking a mile a minute, easy for me to do, and it went on. Oh good, well I'm so excited to be in Chicago and I can't wait to take classes here and I don't have a job or a place to live or even a phone now, but I will and thank you so much for considering me for an internship because I really, like, really, really need one, like so badly. I no longer needed oxygen. I was just surviving off pure elation. She looked annoyed and she fussed with paperwork on her desk and asked, what level are you in? Oof. Uh-oh, the wind out of my sails, I replied softly. The first one. Uh, I really need this internship to be able to take any classes. Um, I'm still getting um, established. Uh, oh, well, I'm sorry. We require all our students to pay for their first level. Couldn't, couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. She said no. I th had thought for sure if I had just presented my case in person, it would be okay. She would grant me access to the classes that were the key to reaching my dreams. I had failed. The fading dream was like a live burn, brutally etching its way as it went. It was too much. It was all just too fucking much. Oh good. Here were the tears again. I locked eyes with her uh, immediately and indelicately sniffing back my broken heart and bargained further. Okay, well, uh, you just, uh, you, you remember my face because like soon I'm gonna have a job and then I'm gonna have a place to live and, uh, and, and another phone. I will have a phone and then I will take level one and then I will be back for that internship. So please remember my face and you know, just, just so you know, thank you, thank you. She reached for a box of Kleenex and silently extended her arm towards me. I nodded and took tissue after tissue after tissue, dabbing my eyes and clearing my throat. Neither of us spoke against the soundtrack of my pitiful sniffling. She took a deep breath, rolled her eyes.
well, I guess we could make a rare exception this one time. I froze while what she said sunk in and then like a show poodle <laughs> with ridiculous Kleenex foot poofs. I launched my body onto her and I hugged her stiff, resistant frame. Ugh! I floated home from the theater. Rapid cycling, joy, gratitude, and relief washing over me. I wept every time gratitude made its rotation. And it was wonderful, truly wonderful. A lightness and purpose that I now often struggle to find. Man, I was feeling it in Chicago. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. I'm Tamale. Have a great night. Let's bring Jen back up here.
You've been listening to a Chirp Radio podcast of our live storytelling and music series, The First Time. Our storyteller was Tamali Sepp. And The First Time 3 performed Here I Go Again by Whitesnake. The First Time 3 is Steve Frisbee, Liam Davis, and Scott Stevenson. To hear more First Time pieces, check out the series website, firsttime.chirpradio.org. And you can find more podcasts produced by the station at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Thanks for listening.